Well, we're live on Facebook. Welcome uh, to Scale Up Heroes. Our goal is to bring you the best minds with the best real life experiences when it comes to scaling up businesses. Uh, on our panel every week are the heroes that took on the difficult odds and are living to tell the tale. I'm your host, Randy Cantrell. And to all of our viewers, we want you to visit our website, scaleupacademy.io. Today, we're discussing scaling up marketing. And now I'm going to bring in our moderator today. He is Jordi Capdevila. He is the marketing director at Force Manager in Barcelona. Thanks, Jordi. And thanks for all of our panelists. And I'll let you take over. Thank you, Randy. That's a great introduction. Thank you all who are in Facebook right now viewing us and whoever is going to join us in the future. Uh, I'm very proud of uh, moderating this, this panel with such talented team that we have here in the show today. Uh, we have Lydia, from, she's the VP of marketing from Universe. Then we have Rasmus, he's the CMO and co-founder of Hollywood. And then we also have Catherine, the CMO of Shinita. Or you let me know, Catherine, how you how to pronounce that. So just to start with, uh, we would like to know more about what these companies are doing. And I'll let you, Lydia, start with talking a little bit of what you do in your department and how do you, how do you make a universe grow? Cool, definitely. So hi, everyone, and thanks for having me. So yeah, I'm Lydia Luton, and I'm the VP of Marketing at Universe. And we're one of the fastest growing SaaS startups in the Nordics right now. Um, and our tool is basically replacing traditional intranets in enterprise companies and helping HR professionals and internal communications to easily communicate um, company updates um, and, you know, keep employees engaged and happy. And maybe also worth mentioning, I just basically started my new role at Universe. And before that, I was CMO at Binder, which is a Dutch scale-up, um, which I joined as employee number four and have helped growing to 300, 300 employees within five years. And yeah, now starting at Universe, I can perfectly um, apply all my experience and learnings and hopefully scale up marketing even faster. Okay. How big are you right now, Lydia? Uh, universe is around uh, 15 people now. Okay, wow, that's a challenge that you have in front of you. Uh, Rasmus, if you want to go ahead and explain a little bit more about Hollywood. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much, everybody. Uh, hi, nice uh, that you joined. Uh, yeah, so uh, my name is Rasmus, uh, and I am, you know, the the co-founder and, and CMO of uh, Hollywood. And Hollywood is a uh, meta search for vacation rentals. Uh, so basically, you know, we we combined uh, all different uh, providers of vacation rentals, whether that is a house in Mallorca you're searching for or an apartment in Paris, uh, anywhere in the world. Uh, we uh, basically work with all different providers of uh, vacation rentals, uh, put them on our site. Then we have uh, you know, different technologies. Amongst others, we have a proprietary uh, image recognition that can detect the same house uh, on different pages. And then, uh, you know, by going to our uh, site, uh, you can then compare the prices from the different providers. And uh, typically we see, you know, saving up to, to 55%. Uh, so that's uh, basically uh, what we do. And Hollywood now, uh, well, I, uh, I joined up with uh, our two other founders that are two brothers uh, here in uh, Munich, Johannes and, and Michael. Uh, where Michael has a tech background and Johannes has a business background. And then uh, I came with, with, a, with a marketing background, uh, started uh, 
just under four years ago uh, and have now grown to around just under 150 people here in, uh, in Munich. Uh, so still on the, uh, the, the growth uh, tra trajectory and continue to, to grow. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's the, the quick introduction uh, from my side. Great. Thanks, Rasmus. Uh, we'll move to the last panelist, who's Catherine. Catherine, please go ahead. Hi, everybody. Thank you. Um, my name is Catherine Barrios. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer at Seneta. That's how you pronounce it. Uh, we are based in uh, Oslo, Norway. So that's uh, where we are founded. We have offices in uh, Hamburg, Germany, and also in New York. Um, we are in the shipping and logistics supply chain space. So what we create is a ocean freight and air freight benchmarking and market intelligence platform. Um, so basically people that ship cargo, large companies shipping cargo from A to Z, so let's say Shanghai to Hamburg, they're able to see what the market average and high and low prices are of shipping cargo. So we essentially make a market index of shipping rates um, for ocean and air freight. Um, we currently have um, over 50 million data points in our platform and we gather about 2 million data points a month in our platform. And we're soon 70 employees. I'm not sure if I mentioned that. And the revenue growth has been about 2.5x um, every year. And also moving in, that's also a target uh, for 2018. Oh, that's impressive. Thank you all. Uh, I'll, I'll just make a short introduction as well of who I'm working with. Uh, I joined Force Manager a few months ago. I'm the marketing director and I joined right after we raised our CDSB, $12 million, and put that investment into make uh, the company grow. What we do, we have a sales accelerator platform that's basically a, a mobile first app that was built as a CRM. So we help uh, sales teams uh, globally to coordinate, be more efficient and accelerate their sales uh, with a layer of AI that we put on top of you know, our own mobile CRM, or we can connect with other popular CRMs, obviously like Salesforce, Microsoft Dynamics, uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, I have a team of nine talented people that I'm enjoying working a lot with, and I'm sure that now we can probably talk more about uh, how to scale up marketing, because at the end of the day, this is the, the, the webinar that we will talk about how to make uh, our department work. And uh, like what I've prepared for this webinar is a, is a series of questions. We will start uh, first with the department itself. And I have some, I think, thoughtful questions for, for you all. And then we will have the battleground where we will be able to talk about you know, some of uh, the battles that we handle in marketing, such as inbound versus outbound, paid versus non-paid, and so on and so forth. So first of all, uh, I'll, I'll let you answer my questions and maybe you can start Rasmus with, so as for first hire in any startup or in any scale up or who is like the most, in, like the most important people to you in your department? Yeah, that's a good, that's a very good question. Um, so like, as, as I mentioned, uh, when, when we started the company, uh, we were fortunate enough to have uh, uh, one guy who was uh, very focused on uh, technology. Uh, one guy was very focused on, on business and then me who had a, a background at least in, uh, in marketing. So let's say in the beginning, we, uh, we had um, like 
a pretty good setup, I would say, uh, with, with the, you know, the, the team having a little bit of experience uh, everywhere. Um, but if we, you know, if we focus purely on, on, on the marketing side, then uh, for me, uh, what, what, you know, what, what, of course, we see in our business where we are online uh, is that uh, it's very or fairly easy for us to scale up internationally. So now we are live in uh, 21 different uh, domains, 21 different countries uh, over the world doing uh, doing marketing. And uh, like my experience would be that you know we can fairly easily uh, roll out to a new country. It, that takes us a very short time to translate the site and, and go live. Uh, but we also see uh, that if you want to be really, really good in doing marketing in a, in a country, uh, that be it uh, Spain, for instance, I mean, we do need local uh, people uh, on, on my team uh, to, to really understand, you know, what are the differences uh, uh, between just doing it like uh, the, the standard framework and then being really good uh, in the country. So so for me, in, uh, in my growing my team, uh, the, one of the key things have actually been to to hire uh, a lot of international people. Uh, so so now to, to you know right now there's a, in my team of course German people, but French, Italian, uh, Brazilian, Spanish, uh, etc. Uh, to to be able to to really be good in uh, in the different countries. And mm -hmm. then the setup is you know with with those different uh, local experts. We then also have experts in, in the different areas of marketing so be it the display be it the sem etc so for me to scale up and be really good it was hiring local people in the marketing department okay Catherine, do you want to comment on something about that um yeah so i guess i can say a little bit from from our side um I guess, um, so when I first started Sineda, um, I, sort of, I have a background in product management and product marketing, so go to market, um, that part of launching software products, um, as well as comms and PR. Um, so I was really on my own for a little bit of time, um, being able to just get things off the ground and start creating uh, material for more on the product side. But immediately after that, I really wanted to launch a content strategy um, and that's really what our whole crux of our acquisition strategy is. So there, in terms of a hire, uh, what was important for me was someone who was an SEO person. So that okay. would be then who I brought in on board to couple the content strategy I had as well. And then at the same time, then came a more sort of T type of person that was a across the board uh uh, generalist and marketing, but did have specialization then on, on certain tools because tools are quite important in our team on how we're tracking all of our progress and our metrics. So um, mm -hmm. that that's what I would say would be the most important um, from my perspective of hiring first would be on the SEO tech side. Okay. Okay. I guess it depends uh, most of the times on what are the skills of the manager that, the, that, that he or she has in order to like hire probably that first fit that can complement that manager eventually i guess uh in my case just to to, to develop a little bit on, on what you were saying and like that kind of guy that loves, loves like the my generation on, on those startups so well like where are the leads coming from like tactics to just like what what a startup needs probably traction at the beginning and get as many leads uh, coming as, as people uh, as the company can and then probably having 
put in place the content strategy, strategy maybe like, you know, like slowing it down a little bit at the beginning and just like relying on, you know, paid advertising, I guess, and like conversion rates for the landing pages to, to get as many leads as possible in, and then maybe outsourcing some stuff, you know, juggling at the end of the day when you're in the startup and you're juggling with budgets and, and capabilities, obviously. Um, what about you, Lydia? Uh, totally agree with what you just said. I actually have just again, you know, recruited my first hire for universe. So yeah. I asked myself the question very recently and I have actually hired a growth marketer. So right. yeah, someone who has basically the skills you just described. It's someone with a, it's an online marketer with a T-shaped skill set who has like a solid experience with all different online marketing um, activities like SEO, SEA and so on. And I think that person can perfectly build up the marketing foundation and, you know, start up, kickstart all the demand gen channels. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, absolutely. And, but I'm, I'm a true lover of, of content as well. Uh, not to like take me ground, Catherine, at all. It's just like, uh, I, I'm, I'm a really believer about inbound and outbound and we'll, we'll talk about that uh, slightly later. But yeah, I guess it depends on, you know, the pressure that you have from, from above, I guess. Like, what, what, what do you need? Maybe like more branding because your company is more salesy focused. I mean, if, if it's a long, the sales cycle, I imagine it's like from six to nine months, maybe you don't need that much demand generation. It's most part of like nurturing that path of the buyer journey and helping sales with content or if it's just like it's a shorter time i guess like less than three months then you can have like a greater impact maybe on on the business if, if you just uh, you know get as much imagination as, as you can you know guys if you want to comment something else on this yeah no i, I just a little note i think you you're right i mean of course it is very very dependent on the the business that you're in uh, but i think i mean at least my, my experience would be that for a startup especially like the the approach that you need to take is that you basically need to to test as many things uh, as possible it, not just in terms of the small thing but really on a big scale you know what works right like you know is it paid search that is going to work is going to be tv is it going to be display is it going to be so, something completely different right and, and then mm -hmm. you know whenever you find something that works just scale as, as much as you can uh, as fast as possible uh, and and then you know continue to test you know what what is the next thing that that uh, that we can work and then scale because eventually you, you have to open up different channels right but so so that's I mean that would probably be the, the general approach that that could could work in like no matter what business it is right and, and then it's different of course what works okay. So to wrap up a little bit, uh, yeah, it's just like, it depends on the skills of you, what you have. Like, I guess the manager has that needs to complement the, the department with someone skilled in the, those skills that the manager doesn't have. And then it, it really depends uh, down to the, to the business unit that you, that you have and probably how you can add value definitely to your company. And that's, that's not just a marketing thing, but probably like a company wide. Uh, board meetings should like align the marketing department with the entire company and and, and head to the, the right direction definitely and and so we covered the first hire what I would like to ask you now is like what is your ideal marketing team like what what are your superstars that you have in your in your team that those people that probably like you wouldn't be the same without them uh, and I don't know you Catherine want to start now um yeah so Definitely, it would be um, the or SEO analyst, digital person. Um, mm -hmm. I rely quite a lot on him. I'm I'm responsible for our content strategy there, and also our 
our comms and PR, which all go together. Um, in addition, though, is our sort of demand generation person who's really working with our sales team. So our sales and marketing team are really one team. Um, and so we're looking at the buyer journey and personas and content delivering for that and how we accelerate the pipeline and all of these types of things and conversion. So she's quite key to make sure that we have a dialogue between the sales and marketing team. Um, and, um, you know, lastly, I'm kind of going through all the people, my teams who were for us, like we need all of them are, um, um, uh, I have a customer advocacy customer advocacy is a, is a big, um, a big thing for us. I'm also responsible for a customer success team. So I have three people there that was so uh, under myself is marketing on a new acquisition and retention with customer success. And we're one team. So I have, um, customer advocacy on the marketing side is extremely important and even more important now for retention. And um, that, that all goes very well together. Sort of this, I call it this beautiful circle, right? We're all dependent on each other and the, everything that comes out from the acquisition side and on the retention, we can take back into the acquisition side again. Hmm. Um, so I, I wouldn't be able to live without anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how many people report to you? Like, what's the, the ideal number of direct reports at least? That, yeah, that's so, the question that they come up with. with your yeah. So right now I have um, three people in marketing reporting to me. Uh, and then we have the customer success team um, where then I have a head of customer success. So two customer success report into that head and the head um, into me. And I, I, I prefer that. So I'm very operational myself. So I also need time to be operational and write content and look at data and stuff. So um, I, um, right now though, that, that setup of having you know, four to five people report in and there's also freelance writers that I work with is, it works well. Um, yeah. And I, I have enough time to, to do the to follow-up meetings with the teams, one-on-ones and also do the operational parts. Um, and I'm also, um, you know, work with other teams. Sales teams are very involved with them and our, our SDRs we work very mm -hmm. closely with our SDRs as well. So right now that seems very much ideal um, mm -hmm. at this point where we are in our business right now. Um, and then naturally as we have, we have quite ambitious goals, then we need to see well, what's the most efficient way to work and the type of resources that we need if we need to grow or just prioritize better. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I totally agree about managing the time that you have with your team and not having like an oversized team that everyone is reporting to you. This is something that I'm working on right now as well. It's like having as, as, as much as five people reporting directly. So I have like enough time to, to care about them in terms of follow-ups and one-to-one, as you were mentioning before, and, and time to be operational as well, because I'm like, like quite down to earth and I, 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 I like getting my hands dirty most of the time and, and collecting the data and analyzing that. That's, that's something that I enjoy a lot. Um, Lydia, what about you? Um, yeah, so first of all, I think there's not like the perfect team structure. You know, I've met so many marketers of different scale-ups and I've really realized there's not like one size fits all. I think it's mm -hmm. really important that the team, whatever you have, really has to fit your go-to-market and it also depends which segment are you serving? Are you serving SMB or, um, you know, enterprise markets or do you want to outsource or not? Um, 
But uh, yeah, I can tell about how which team I had at Binder, not saying it was perfect, but it worked for us. So we had a, a much bigger team actually than, than you guys. We had a marketing team of 23 people. Okay. And um, well, I can tell you a little bit how it was built up. So mm-hmm. there was the demand gen squad, which was um, comprised of the field marketers for each regions we served. So like Germany, the APEC region, US and so on. And well, those were responsible bringing in enough leads and opportunities for their respective regions and, you know, supporting the, the field sales teams. And part of the demand gen squad were also a growth hacker, product marketer, also a customer advocacy marketer and, um, yeah, SEO and SEA specialists. Mm-hmm. And because we really, really valued branding, because I think, you know, if you're in a B2B market, it's really difficult to differentiate yourself, you know, from, from your competitors. So we also had like a marketing creative squad with like two videographers and two designers and developers and two copywriters. And um, additionally, we had a communication squad with, you know, brand PR, social media and event specialists. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how did you handle managing all those people? It's like that you had like uh, direct report, reports for each squad or, or how was that divided? Yeah, exactly. We had like a, we had a head of creative, a head of communications. Um, we didn't have, I, I myself also like to be really, really hands-on. So mm-hmm. I um, was still kind of directly managing the demand gen squad because mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's what I would allow to demand gen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I had, I had supports and coaches within my team. Okay. Oh yeah. It makes sense. You, you cannot handle 20 people, I guess. <laughs> what about you, Rasmus? No. Yeah. I mean, I, so I completely agree with the, with Lydia and, and like her comments that it's probably, you know, it's not possible to, to define like a perfect uh, setup uh, that, that works for everybody uh, and especially not upfront. Uh, so it probably, you know, in my case goes a little bit back to, uh, what I mentioned before that it, it you know, especially in a startup, uh, it is a little bit trial and error. Uh, so for, like, for instance, for our case, uh, we, you know, we had a, had an idea about, uh, you know, the traffic should come from, of course, pay channels uh, and then also some uh, PR and, uh, and SEO and, and, you know, uh, quickly the, the world, uh, like, you know, it became real. And then we saw that it, you know, it, it just it's a very very tough business to to do uh, SEO and uh, and PR etc on our end so we have kind of split it up so for instance like my team now is is the performance marketing team and 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 just focusing on, on that because it's just you know it, it it's where we can easily easily scale and, and grow the fastest but there actually uh, I would say that. We, we operate in a way where uh, like some of the bi- the most important people that, that I work with is actually like our developers uh, and our uh, business intelligence team uh, to get the data and to, to, to help me like do things more efficiently rather than, you know, uh, of course, also the people directly on my team, but uh, it's, it's so important for us to work together with, with these other departments. And, and then, you know, uh, on, on the people on my team, uh, like when when we hire new people, uh, as I mentioned, of course, it's fairly important that they are they have a local knowledge. Uh, 
but but um, we actually hire people who are like I mean I'm sure everybody does, but but our main criteria is that they're smart, right? We <laughs> we have no uh, demand for people having uh, like uh, previous experience in uh, in doing uh, paid marketing. Uh, we basically believe that you know the, the way we do it, we can we can teach that to people as long as people are smart, they have the right attitude, they have uh, the right will to you know test and try new things. Uh, then uh, you know we we will hire them, uh, teach them what they need to know to do this job, and then you know but we can't teach them smart basically. No, yeah, definitely, I totally agree on that. I, I'm, a, I'm a true believer of attitudes. Absolutely, everything can be learned, but probably getting the right attitude for the for the right job that that's totally true that's 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 cool um, and to my side if I, I can like compliment a little bit on what we were see, uh, saying um, just to just to compliment what you were saying basically I have like three designers and this is something that surprised me at the beginning when I got here at the, at, at, at force manager but I, I I love it right now it's and it's mainly because uh, I believe marketing can touch so many things in any organization and meaning everything starts with marketing and probably finishes with marketing as well as, as Catherine was saying about the, the circle and, and, and Eurasmus touching so many parts of the of the company that's totally true and through the design team this is something that we are seeing every day and, and how many like each department either product operations or, or sales are coming to us to, to have a cohesive speech or, or brand throughout any communications because what I try to tell the entire company is that uh, marketing is everything, is everywhere and, and everyone in the company definitely is, is, is communicating what the company is and means. And through this team of designers, we, we can you know uh, build either data sheets, say proposals, uh, set the guidelines for the product and so on and so forth. And besides the design team who's assisting mainly us, obviously at the marketing or more marketing side, uh, I, I have uh, two people in my content team and I have a, a, an offline PR and events person as well as two acquisition uh, people who, who are helping us with uh, the imagination. So it's quite balanced and I want to like ask you the next question uh, before we get into the battleground. Uh, and it's mainly about, you know, it's, it's probably the start of the battleground is about and we will talk later about paid versus non-paid or you know offline versus online but but to just get the sense of the battleground like how how do you guys deal with sales and you Catherine were commenting a little bit before about that and, and how well aligned you are uh, how, how did you achieve that <laughs> well we're trying to be aligned so it's definitely I think in every organization I've been in um, it is definitely one of the hardest things to do is to align sales and marketing um, and at Sineda, it's not a, we're not a stranger to that. So um, uh, I've been with Sineda for almost three years now. So it, it we're moving and we're getting there little by little. I think the one thing that was different was that before there was marketing at Sineda, it was very outbound focused. So it was just a sales team. And suddenly I start and it's like, I wanted to redo everything that happened. So you get a bit of a, you know, yeah. the next battleground, you know, question uh, all about inbound. But what we did finally uh, need to do was to really redo our acquisition strategy where we had both teams um, aligning on that and really aligning along the customer journey um, and um, really looking at our personas and, and just really um, 
getting to the point that we are all here for the same reason. And um, we have SLAs that need to be in place between the teams, um, which is quite important as well. Um, it's definitely much better. I think it's always going to be a work in progress, but it's ultimately um, important that we're on the same page. We also, what's important is that we're looking at the pipeline the same way. We don't, don't on the marketing side, I don't look at, I mean, of course it's important, but how many visits and leads come in? I think that's important, but it's not a metric that I have on the team because I see it as a vanity metric. We really look at revenue contribution and revenue contribution is what we bring in and that is what, what I put into this with sales as well, right? And that's what we are, um, that's what we're measured on, just like mm -hmm. sales. And that's really what's brought the alignment on is um, seeing what's going through the pipe, how is it converting and helping them push it through because we're then committed to con contributing revenue. That's what's helped us align. Mm -hmm. What about you, Lydia and Rasmus? Uh, feel free to contribute. Yeah, I mean, I would say that unfortunately on this topic, like since we are very much a B2C company, we, we don't have salespeople. Like, I mean, we bring in uh, all, all the traffic, the, the end users that, that, that you know, um, uh, book on our site uh, or, or with our partners. So if anything, what, what we have is like our business development team that, that tries to get new partners and, and we try to work closely with them, spe especially on like, you know, sharing numbers, uh, and again, as I mentioned, with our BI team being super important, but I mean, we don't have specific salespeople. So, so that topic is not like uh, uh, where I can give it <laughs> a lot of you. insights. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Lydia? Um, yeah, I, I agree with Catherine here. I think like, you know, um, in order to, to yeah, it, it's not enough to just have like a marketing sales SLA if you, if you really want, it really needs marketing and sales to collaborate. Mm -hmm. And, um, obviously, yeah, at Binder, we also had problems with it, like every company has. But what really, really brought us closer is actually interestingly the same thing Catherine just said, um, having shared targets with sales. So, mm -hmm. um, going away from giving marketers MQL targets and, you know, sales revenue targets, giving marketers revenue targets too. And um, so, you know, they're really working on, on, on the same thing, have the same goals and um, have to achieve it together. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And we'll talk about inbound and outbound and those channels and how to like, measure uh, like how the revenue is coming from marketing, which is a key part of the new marketing director or marketing executive roles, definitely to, to, to bring revenue to the company for sure. And and I totally agree with you, either if you have sales or, or not, as, as Rasmus was saying, there's always like a little bit of sales marketing, I guess, then the marketing is, is, is the responsible for sales, definitely. And you, it's probably how you look at the numbers at the end of the day, just like those KPIs that, uh, should be acknowledged and shared among the whole team and, and probably reported at the same time and in the same way because if you don't communicate and you don't review them probably monthly or weekly evenly, it's hard. And then it's when there's no communication between the two departments that the problems probably arise and you don't talk about the same MQL or the same feed and what is an MQL and what is an SQL. It's like shouldn't be the same, but it's the acceptance of those leads coming through through sales. And at the end of the day, yeah, definitely like how can marketing be responsible of, of, of the investment and how do you like, because at the, at the end of the day, it's probably every revenue 
that it's coming from sales, even if it's own prospecting and someone that you met at the elevator or whatsoever, it's influenced by marketing because I don't believe anyone out there is buying anymore without doing some research or looking at some recommendations and so on online. Definitely not. So we'll, we'll move on to the, to the battleground. It's going to be a quick one, probably, because we don't have that much time left. We only have like 10 minutes. So inbound versus outbound. Like, what are you guys doing in your companies and, and, and what is like your take on that? Um, I can start. So at Binder, we had an, like an 80% inbound and 20% outbound split. So 80% of revenue was driven by inbound marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, but from my experience, it also really, really depends on the segment. So, you know, if you're, if you're only serving the SMB markets or B2C, you probably can do 100% inbound. Um, but if you go more towards enterprise, um, yeah, you, you have to, yeah, um, you have to actually work together. Actually, I think, um, that whole terminology about inbound versus outbound is not really, really helping the sales marketing relationship where we just talked about. I yeah. think the main goal should be actually to generate demand and mm-hmm. that's best done together. Like, especially if you look for the enterprise segment at like account-based marketing, account-based sales, it's like, it's done together, right? Not mm-hmm. like them. Definitely. Rasmus, do you have inbound and outbound or, or probably it's like inbound, I guess? Yeah, I mean, it is inbound, right? I mean, the, so it is mainly, mainly what we do. I mean, you can, you can, depending on your definition, right? I mean, we do TV ads as well and then stuff that can be defined as outbound. But I mean, to be honest, it is, you know, online it has as much as we can can track it, uh, it uh, everything we do. And then it has, it's more or less, it is a performance and, and inbound uh, that we do. Mm-hmm. You, Catherine? Uh, yeah, I agree 100% with Lydia. So we are running an all-bound strategy. So we had, um, we, first, as I mentioned, we had outbound SDR teams um, and inbound coming in with content. So, you know, all of this sort of merges together. Um, we are running an account-based marketing or account-based sales and marketing strategy as well. And there is no inbound, outbound. It all comes in together. Um, and it, it is, it's just the way, a better way of working, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure lots of, you know, marketeers probably agree to that. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on the business for us, we are enterprise B2B. Um, so naturally we, we do get many inbounds coming through our content strategy. Um, but that coupled as well with an outbound effort, right? So you don't really know where things are coming from anymore because the buyer is in control and you have, we're in a digital modern age. So the whole buyer and buying journey is completely changed, right? We're into this modern way of buying. So there is no division as much anymore. No, definitely. And I, and I, as I was saying, just to, to finish this, this battleground, it's probably that everything is influenced nowadays. Either if it comes from outbound or inbound, we what we do is track the, the first touch point. And it's either coming from outbound because someone researched that person and, and, and called email or call called or whatsoever. But that's definitely gonna be influenced at some point through the sales cycle from inbound. Absolutely. And if it comes from, from inbound, uh, none, nonetheless the, the, the outbound effort of the salesperson it, it should be as well. Uh, taking into account and, and, and expertise from the outbound people also brings in uh, knowledge to the inbound and the other way around, definitely. And, and the way to look at things, we have it split, like we have an outbound team and an inbound team, but we are getting together uh, and, and meeting weekly in a weekly basis because there's marketing material that can help 
the outbound efforts and our knowledge on emailing is really valuable to them. And at the same time, their, their conversations that they have with their clients absolutely helps us to moderate and, and to redefine the, the speech that we have and the communications that we have, uh, especially analyzing the pain points of our our buyer persona because sales and outbound people, those that are at the phone and talking to those guys are the ones that, that definitely know. So so it's it's definitely as we were saying, like a compliment from both. And I wanted to jump to uh either offline versus online uh, because I think it's a, it's quite a, an interesting topic as well and I, I want to know your your takes on, on a scale up uh companies as yours. Like, how are you addressing that? Maybe, maybe you, Rasmus, that you mentioned that you were doing TV, right? You can do. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, for us, of course, <laughs> being an online B2C company, uh, we will be very much uh, online driven. Uh, and I mean, for us, the, the main, main challenge is like everything offline, like how do you measure it, right? Like, how do you measure the impact? Like, to me, it's, uh, I mean, we, we can we can talk about this uh, for for a full session for sure, but it is a you know a mind puzzle to me why like TV advertising for instance have not moved anywhere uh, like since they started right why is there still no way of uh, easily tracking uh, people who, who see TV ads like if you look at TV today uh, it's it's crazy that you know the majority of people. Uh, especially in some segments, they, they don't watch traditional TV. They watch it through some sort of streaming service or either an app on the phone that they project, right? So it should be possible to do very specific targeting of people and then also track the effect of TV, for instance. But as I mentioned, that's a, that's a completely different, uh, different topic. Uh, so we, we do some uh, TV advertising and, and, and try to measure it as much as we can. But, but for us, for sure, the majority is uh, online. Uh, of course, uh, multiple different channels uh, and journeys for the customers. But, but it, I mean, as long as they stay online uh, and even on, on one device, uh, we, can, we can track it uh, fairly easy. Mm-hmm. To me, just to complement on what you were saying, because we had to, uh, for the Mobile World Congress, since we are an app, uh, you know, we, we're, we're strong there. And what we try to do is some offline advertising, either in malls, and also in magazines as well, or like newspapers, especially for Spain. And what we see or what we try to measure or how we try to measure at least the peaks and of traffic in our website, because uh, we see that uh, the offline is triggering a lot uh, of the online. So uh, we, we do the difference between, you know, any regular. Absolutely, there are options to do it, right? I mean, we, we, we know, I mean, when you buy TV ads, like, you get a report of saying, you know, specifically this time it, it was running. Uh, and you know what are the peaks afterwards and you can also see what you know are there any differences in the uh, organic searches click-through rate uh, uh, similar things uh, but it's still approximations uh, yeah, yeah. direct tracking compared to if I you know pay for a click on uh, Google or Facebook I'm pretty sure that that you know that click comes and I can follow that uh, oh, absolutely what about you ladies who wants to contribute on that um, yeah, okay. we, yeah, we strictly are, uh, online, um, so we don't do any TV or magazines. I think if I were to say anything that was offline, if a, a conference or seminar or a trade show, if that's considered offline, then yeah. yeah. And then our sense that is more of, um, you know, breakfast seminars, um, very, um, strategic meetings that we have 
we we don't actually exhibit too much in trade shows. We select two trade shows a year where we mm -hmm. couple them with meetings. Um, it's really the ROI on events isn't very is not that great unless you unless you really need to be present. There's one show for us a year that is important um, globally, mm -hmm. but the rest um, budget is all uh, online. Yeah. Same here, and for me, event is just like a meeting phase for, for the sales reps and some branding. It's really difficult to measure as it's as it everything offline, but you know, it's something that we have as marketers to do sometimes, unless, although we, we really like the, the online world, we have to get out there and, and be offline sometimes. <laughs> What's your take, Lydia, on this? Um, same, like, well, we don't do any TV or something. I've realized, I mean, if you... Yeah, okay. PR coverage, is it offline? Online can be both, obviously, but um, I think it's very, very helpful for sales. So even like, you know, if you sponsor an article in like a magazine or something, your target group is reaching. But yeah, I agree. It's really difficult to measure. And like events-wise, um, trade shows have never been really, really successful for me. Um, but we have our own hosted road shows and, mm -hmm. you know, our own events and those we're more using them for like pipeline acceleration rather than, um, mm -hmm. creating new business so much. It makes sense. And, and since you had a, such a big team and just to, well, last question, if you want to contribute on that. And I think it is re it's really interesting for everything, uh, listening to us out there, uh, because when you have to scale up one of those, uh, dilemmas that everyone has is, is, is. Is it something that should go in-house or should go out of the house, like outsourcing? Like, What's your take, Lydia, on that? Um, again, no size fits all, but for me, it's in-house because, um, yeah, I think branding is really, really important. I think, you know, in a, if you're in a competitive industry, that's, that's, I mean, besides your product, that's the only way, you know, you grab attention and you can differentiate and in the end that makes people buy. And I think, yeah, to really have an authentic branding, you, you know, you need the, the people who, who, who produce your ads, who, you know, create the content and so on. They have to be part of the company. They have to live and, you know, know what your brand stands for. So, yeah. It's a control, but, right? Yeah. But there's also exactly, but there's also, it's authenticity mostly. Um, but obviously there's also a lot of advantages towards having a smaller marketing team and being more flexible, you know, with hiring resources and letting them go depending on how the business goes. Mm -hmm. Cool. Rasmus? I mean, I think for, for me and, and for, for, for Hollywood in general, it is fairly uh, simple approach. Everything where we think that it is uh, critical for us, we do it uh, completely uh, in-house. Uh, and, you know, for us, for marketing, uh, I mean, we, you know, we, we want to focus on giving the, the user uh, the best possible journey. Uh, and, and therefore, we have to do it 100% uh, in-house, build the technology. And we believe that we can, you know, if we do it in-house, we, we can do it better. We know more about what the user wants, uh, like from all, uh, beginning uh, all the way to, to the end. So, mm -hmm. so that's, uh, that's fairly clear for, for us, at least. Cool. And what about you, Catherine? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, the, more, the more things that we can keep in-house is, is better. Um, there's some things that, of course, we outsource. Um, in our case, would be design, for example. Um, mm -hmm. It hasn't been a critical position, but sometimes I wish it was, right? So, <laughs> um, yeah. But most things are, are in-house, um, and I do 
freelance occasional things out that that you know mm-hmm. we just don't have but um the best would be to have everything uh in the company oh yeah that's totally share that that approach as well it just uh, to me sometimes it's, it's a matter of time it's like if when you are really slammed at work and you can outsource something i i just recommend it just those little things that could get you more free time to to think because that's something that they miss sometimes the day to day uh it's 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 killing i think every company out there it's like a lot of workload you have to do and juggle uh, between meetings and 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 handling people and, and workload and so on and so forth and whenever i can outsource something i do but it's it's hard to outsource and not lose authenticity or turn around or you know brand brand and and so on and so forth uh, well, guys, uh, I would like to do a wrap up. Uh, it has been great having you guys here today. Uh, I think we can like maybe just go one by one uh, saying goodbye because I don't want to like let you just, like say goodbye without you know uh, one last comment to those marketers out there who probably want to have uh, or aspire to have like a scale up one day uh, and have like those departments that, that 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 we have nowadays. So if anyone wants to start, go ahead. Well, I can. So, yeah, just, you know, um, from my experience, the most the most uh, you learn is by talking to other marketers. That's why I like a format like this. I actually really, really like it. So uh, just, uh, you know, reach out on LinkedIn to other marketers and ask them how they're doing it. And, you know, like this, you learn and you can exchange experiences. And thank you for having me today. <laughs> Rasmus, you want to go next? Yeah, sure. I mean, I completely agree with, with Lydia. Like, I mean, you, you do, do. I mean, you you learn so much from from talking to other people. And uh, yeah, as, as as you also said, like, I don't think I I've reached out to several people when you know I've read about something or heard about something on LinkedIn. And I mean, I so far have not met someone who said no, I don't want to talk to you. Right? I mean, of course you don't <laughs> reach out to your competitors, uh, but. Uh, I mean, for that matter, right, you know, you, you, you talk to people, you get ideas, and then in a, in a startup, I would say, you know, as, as I mentioned before, like, test, test as many things as possible, as fast as possible, and then if something works, like, you know, scale it as much as you can, as fast as you can, like, you know, put all your resources there uh, by basically making sure, you know, uh, you run in the right direction and then run as fast as possible. So, yeah. And then, yeah, cool. as well, thank you very much for, for having me attend here. <laughs> Catherine? Yeah, I support um, what both Rasmus and Lydia said, so uh, finding resources and just constant learning. Um, and definitely the last thing what Rasmus said was just keep testing, so running things in an agile way, even like mm-hmm. weekly sprints, just testing things and looking at the data and then changing and then looking at the data and changing and not just Absolutely. having a very fixated plan. I think that is quite detriment to a lot of teams just to keep things fixed. You know, it's like a year plan. They don't really exist, right? We just keep testing and, and then learning, learning and test. That's probably yeah. the best advice I could give right now. That's great. Thank you, Catherine. And I don't think I can add much on that. It's just like what works probably when you are 10 people in your company is not going to work when you are 100 or 200. So it's iterate, iterate, because you will have always to iterate and keep learning. And everything is changing so fast lately. Like what it used to work five years ago, you either iterate or that's going to be outdated for sure. And, and, and yeah, to, 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 to talk a little bit more about the story about conversations we have with marketers, it's probably one of the, the, the folks, we marketers, that we mingle the most, probably share the most, and we're more open 
to that. So yeah, I encourage everyone to reach out to either of us probably today or to anyone out there that's gonna help because uh, challenges that we face today, there's someone that faced them before already. And it has been a pleasure to having you all here. So I'm gonna give the mic back to Randy and thanks everyone for watching us. And thanks, first of all, to you at Facebook. We're, we're thankful for the audience uh, without you guys. And we, we're just sitting around talking to ourselves. But we appreciate all of our panelists, you especially, Jordy, for leading the conversation. Thanks for watching Scale Up Heroes. Uh, special thanks to everybody. And we want to invite you to visit our website, scaleupacademy.io, to learn more about us and what we do. And if you find these live shows valuable, you can find them every Monday here live on Facebook. Hit that like button, share the video. And I'm your host, Randy Cantrell, and I hope that you'll join us next week. We plan to talk about scaling up engineering. So till next week, we'll see you later. Thank you, guys.